0: So we're here with a family lawyer,
1: I have your book with me right now. That's so exciting for me, it's really weird that you've got my book.
0: (laughs) I've actually read it as well, I actually have.
1: (sighs) That's cool. Read it from cover to cover. That's very cool, thanks girls.
0: I have, I enjoyed it, I think it's great. (laughs) I even read the parts that didn't even apply to me because there are parts in there that apply to people I know.
2: Yeah, it's good to be informed, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. That's awesome.
2: But you yeah, to tell us a bit about you, Laura?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, as my name suggests, I'm a lawyer that deals specifically with family law. So that's people, anything where a relationship is being brought to an end or at the beginning of a relationship where you might be doing like agreements about living together or nuptial agreements. So it's, it's kind of everything. do with relationships that kind of law and i've got a book which you've just mentioned so i wrote a book that came out in december it's called the family lawyer's guide to separation and divorce how to get what you both want because i'm very much about trying to be amicable and decent and my view is if you can set your expectations early on correctly with the right information, then I think a lot of arguments wouldn't even have to happen. You can avoid a lot of dispute. So do you think?
0: Yeah, I think it applies to every part of life as well. Like I'm very like forthright and I say this to people all the time. I'm like if you set your boundaries and you you're, you clearly express your wants and your needs, like for better or for worse, then you can't really go far wrong, you know? If everyone's yeah. on the same page, everyone's clear about what everyone needs then well things bad things can happen but it's less likely
1: (laughs) yeah or when 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 bad things are happening informing yourself because a good google search is brilliant but it's a bit like when you try and self-diagnose via google (laughs) you'll end up either scaring yourself silly and it's probably something that doesn't really apply to you or it's kind of something that's right, but it doesn't, that it applies to someone else's situation. And in family law, no two families are the same. So yeah. our laws are pretty wide open in that it's all applied very much on a kind of, what do we think works here kind of basis. Case to case.
0: So yeah,
1: yeah right. So um, it's understanding the framework and you know, google what happened to your mate they may, it may not apply to you so <laughs> having a decent understanding of of what yeah. our laws do is is why I've got the book out and I, and I think also
0: the book well, has a really sexy cover considering it's subject matter like it, <laughs> it's just designed really nicely like you imagine a book about separation and divorce to look like a book about separation and divorce but it looks nice on your shelf Do you know what?
1: I'm going to say this and I have been with my friends, I've been telling them I've got to not say this, but I'm going to do it (laughs) because it's your podcast. So when I when I got (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to say this when I got sent the the um, cover from my publishers, I haven't even told them this. I sent it around a few of my best mates and I said, "What do you girls think? You know, let me have your views." And they were all really lovely. Then I said, "Right, let's send it to the boys. Let's see what they think." And um, one of my mates (laughs) said, "It looks like a vagina." (laughs) And once you see it, oh my god, it does. (laughs) So someone now described it to me as contemporary upskirting, and. (gasps) And it's so hard to do press about a book when all I keep thinking to myself is don't save vagina. (laughs) How
2: how come you decided to write the book?
1: Um, Well, it was from doing all my stuff on Instagram and Mm -hmm. doing like events with mother's meetings and stuff like that, that the commissioning editor found me on Instagram Mm -hmm. and
0: approached me
1: and said look we think you'd be right to do a kind of more modern contemporary self-help book on how to do it but do it well um because there's some books out there which are kind of like you know the kind of DIY divorce for dummies and I just think actually it's a bit offensive (laughs) like um and uh other books that have kind of pictures of lawyers on the front and they're like all looking really stern and like their arms crossed and stuff and i You know, if I was going through a divorce, would I want either of or any of those options? I don't know if I would reach out for those books. I want a site that looked user friendly, that looked kind of like it was my kind of style on how I would deal with a situation, which is why that subtitle is so vital, which is doing how to get what you both want. Because a lot of people separating have kids and you've got to get through your kid's childhood as co-parents
2: yeah very important so
1: if you can separate well then that sets you up doesn't it really for co-parenting i'm not saying it's you're going to be skipping off to the sunset but it just helps a lot absolutely Um,
2: what are the types of arrangements you can have once you've separated whether or not you're married and you're co-parenting
1: was kind of anything. That's what is so great about (laughs) family law here, is that there is no formula. So you as parents are expected to be able to decide together what is best for your child. So if you think it's best to do, you know, 50-50 or you know, we'll just Skype once a year, whatever, whatever you think works I best think for I've your I think I've wanted child. to do both with with dad at, at different points.
2: <laughs> depending yeah, on what you're feeling.
1: Yeah. And that's also great though, because I'll, you can flex. The, the law doesn't actually have to get involved as long as you two agree. It's only where you don't agree that you then start looking at, well, how would the law apply to us and... Well, then you take guidance from what the law is or you end up at court, but it's totally up to you. The, the courts do not want to be involved unless absolutely necessary. So it's pretty, it's, yeah, it's just whatever works. And, and, and as we've already said, no two families setups are the same. So no one really has exactly the same. I mean, there are quite um, common arrangements. Yeah. that happen quite a lot and you know there is that kind of complete equality shared care where you have it could be kind of four week, four nights three nights and then you switch it could be one week on one week off um then there is kind of with one parent mainly during the week and then alternate weekends between parents um
0: or there so are now obviously like everything's sort of up in the air And most people's agreements have gone completely out of the window. Oh, yeah. Wasn't this a hellish week for co-parenting? I think things have changed every day. I've been thinking, oh, this is like move the goalposts. Oh, now again. And then they're saying things and they're saying other things. And it's all contradicting itself and getting more complicated. Um, And people just don't really know where they stand.
1: Yeah, understandably. I think that's totally fair to be a separated parent not knowing what to do and what's best to do so we're being told just as a run-through what happened this week so Boris Johnson told us all we've got to stay indoors except for four reasons which were kind of like your exercise, medical attention etc and that sent everyone panicking because it did, did not include allowing children to move between separated parents homes and then overnight, they slipped in a little footnote to include <laughs> that it was, a, it was permitted for children to move between homes. Then Michael Gove went on, I think it was Good Morning Britain, and said, yeah. absolutely not. Children should not be moving between homes.
2: Yeah, I saw that. I, I freaked out when I saw that. Was that
1: right. Way? So many people freaked out. What did you do? Did you contact your, your daughter's father and say anything about it? Or did you just hold firm?
2: So, to be honest with you, because of how fast the news cycle was changing and how soon her next scheduled contact was, I just was like, let me wait until the end of the day. And by the time lunchtime had come, he'd retracted the statement.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then yeah. he went on the BBC breakfast show. And I think between the two interviews, someone had pointed out to him, but how she's telling, basically. Yeah. <laughs> So then he said, actually, I was wrong. I, well, I don't think he said I was wrong. I think he said I wasn't clear <laughs> enough. He
2: I said, mean, yeah, ridiculous. Clarity, that's what he said. He wanted to provide Yeah. So, mm-hmm.
1: then, so then he said, no, no, no. I, I, children can. Un, children under 18 can move between parents' homes. So then there was a whole you know, U-turn. Michael Goves just said this. Now Michael Goves just said that. And so I was in contact throughout this with um, Hannah Markham QC, who I did a live session with last Saturday night, who is super high up in the kind of the barristers and the the legal world. She's, you know, friends with people in high places. She got a message up to the um, top family law judge that we have. He he is the president of the, the family law division and said to him, Cause I was getting, my phone was nonstop pinging and I said to her, I'm getting inundated with messages. There's so much confusion. Let's do another session. She was really up for that. Then mm. she was obviously getting contacted from loads of people saying, this is nuts. People don't know what's going on. She got a message up, threw up you know, other people up to him. He then gave us all guidance for the lawyers, the president of the family divisions guidance, trying to help put a bit of framework in place because, the government's footnote just was not in any way helpful. So he has given much clearer rules, and they are you can, if you think it is safe and right for your child, you can continue to move your child between homes. But what he makes clear is it is not a must, so you don't have yeah. to. So, someone with a court order saying, my child has to go to the other parent on a Friday until Monday. You don't, it's not oblig, um, you're not under any obligation now. You don't have to do that if you don't think it is safe or in your child's best interests. Now, for so many parents, this is also now kind of a huge minefield of, well, how do I know what's right for this situation for my child?
0: It's also caused a lot of conflict between people because yeah. say for example if the father thinks it's not safe or the mother thinks it's not safe but the other one disagrees then there's lots of internal conflict again um, yeah. because there's no actual rule and like there can't really be an actual rule because you can't say to people you know you absolutely cannot see your kids and I, for the next yeah, however yes long.
2: Is there any is there anything about like the distance of travel? Because I know obviously Carrie you used to co-parent long distance and currently it's like non non-
0: Wales and London, yeah.
2: So I just wanted to ask as well for people first of all, also what is the difference between like a lives with order and a contact order for people who don't really know or understand? And then also is distance affected by what's happening at all?
1: Yeah. So a lives with order says a child lives with one or both parents and then it says lives with this parent on these days and this parent on these days. That's a shared care arrangement. It can say the child lives with one parent and spends time with this parent on this day at this time. Right. Um, the the wording is, is, is probably a bit technical to get into for this but overall in this current situation we're in it doesn't really matter what your court order says <laughs> yeah
2: except right. for
1: the 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 president of the family law division has said you should try and keep up with the spirit of your order so if your order says Every Wednesday overnight, your children will go to the other parent and then every other weekend, they should go to the other parent. But you've decided, I don't think it's safe for whatever reasonable reason then you're the, the judge is saying you should at least offer a safe alternative so let's put into place video conferencing like so you can facetime you can zoom you can whatever um and so you're supposed to keep up the pattern of care mm-hmm. if you can but obviously via via technology like a video call so yeah it doesn't really matter if you've got a court order in place or you've just got arrangements that you've just agreed between you it's all coming down to the overriding um, issue at the moment is that we're all trying to stop the spread so everyone is in lockdown because we don't want people in touch with each other spreading the virus and that has caused lots of conflict because parents who might be key workers are going out and they are obviously exposing themselves to risk so yeah. I've had loads of people say, well, I'm in lockdown, but they're still out and about because they're a key worker. What does that mean? Do I have to let my child go to them? And you don't that, do. Well, I don't know. I don't know because I don't think the government, who are relying on key workers to selflessly still go and put themselves out there and at risk, yeah. I don't think the government is saying that any parent Key worker should not be seeing their children at the moment.
0: Yeah, but also no. But as the other parent, you might not want that to happen, and by law, yeah. you don't have to allow it to happen. Do you? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So if if you if you're in
1: dispute, the two parents don't agree. The parent who has got the child in their care can kind of just overrule the other parent.
2: But yeah, but at the same time. Even if they do, this doesn't affect the parent who doesn't have the child's parental responsibility at all, does
1: it? Uh, Parental responsibility is a difficult one. So you can automatically get parental responsibility. Parental responsibility meaning that it is an obligation for you to consult with each other about the major decisions for your child. So you can get it if you're on the birth certificate, if you were married to the mother at the time of the birth, if you've later agreed and gone into a parental responsibility agreement. My view is even if you don't have it, but it's not disputed that you are that child's biological parent or even if it's not disputed, say you're in a, a same-sex relationship and you, you haven't got round to giving the non-biological parent PR yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say treat them as if they do have it. I think it's probably fair and right, but if they don't have it and they're not really a very interested parent, they're not really actively involved in your child's life, then fine. I don't think you need to consult with them. But um Yeah I think it's difficult.
2: I was asking because one of the messages that I got was about the fact that parental responsibility includes you having to consult on the child's medical care. Yeah. Uh, Because of the nature of the reason why we're on lockdown and the fact that it's a global pandemic technically everything is to do with that child's medical care even if it includes things like you mentioned such as being a key worker. Um, So thank you for clearing up.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that I was discussing with the the barrister that I did my chat with the other night was if you are a key worker and a parent, and the onus really should be on you to decide. Look, I know the risks that I am taking and the exposure I am having. Should I, for the benefit of my child, say I won't see my? You know, I think it's better that you are with the other assuming they are a non-key worker parent right now you know should you be the one taking that decision as opposed to being told it's not an easy decision to make but is that a decision in the best interest of your child perhaps so it depends on what kind of key worker you are i think you know if you're in the front line at a and e um then you're quite highly exposed or if you're in the a factory you know making face masks perhaps you're not as exposed. You know, there's different levels, isn't there? You asked me about the distancing. I've I've had a lot of questions about this as well. And I think if your distance requires you to have to stop off at, you know, service stations and go and use public toilets and, you know, it's such a distance that you would need to make stops, then I I think that's probably a fair reason to say, look, I just don't think that's right right now. Um if your distances, you could go from one house to another, from one isolated household into a car, which doesn't require anyone else to drive you to another household that's in isolation. I think that's fair enough. If you're having to use public transport, I think probably not. I think you should avoid public transport right now. I think, again, it would be fair to say because I'd have to get a train on public transport with my, you know, whatever age or child is, I don't think that is in its best interest because that's quite a lot of exposure, isn't it? So I think it's just about weighing up what what that traveling would require and what risks it would expose you and your child and therefore the house you're going to to and thinking can this can this be sustained underneath the guidance of everyone's in lockdown
0: okay that's kind of related to i asked people basically i put this thing on instagram and i said does anyone have any questions Um, And one lady lives in Scotland and she said their father's in London, does she want to take them there for a week at Easter? And obviously London's a bit of a different beast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is. We're weeks ahead of the rest of the country. Yeah, We have already been for a while. We've been exposed for a lot longer. You know, people have just gone into lockdown, the rest of the country at a different stage to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I suppose that just falls under the umbrella of they can either sort it out themselves or she doesn't actually have to let them go. Yeah.
1: I think it's also important to think about what property you're taking them to. If you're living Dead. in a place which is, um, you know, you've got some kind of outside space that isn't highly used by other mm. people, that's pretty attractive right now when we're all being told (laughs) you've got to stay in in your homes and only go out for once a day for exercise and if you're moving them to a high rise in a city center where all the local public parks are being shut down i mean i'm seeing things in the news like police in clapham common shouting at people to disperse and go home and
0: because um, they're not listening yeah and you but know also a lot of people live in like shared accommodation here so River's dad yeah. for example he lives with three other people and they're obviously all still going to the shops individually every day and like doing the things they're allowed to do but you're still like low-key exposed um and he obviously is coming in between our houses because River's dad's like less than 10 minutes away now um but even that makes me feel quite uneasy. Yeah. You know, because it's not often as simple as, especially when you live in London. Most people share anyway. Yeah, yeah, I know. So is
1: he coming to your house to see Riv?
0: No, he's got River at his house. We're doing week on, week off because we don't want to do too many handovers or too many trips. We're literally just doing one a week. Um, So he's there for a week, then he's coming here for a week. Yeah. Also, he's never really spent this much time with his dad.
1: That's what a lot of people are worried about. (laughs) yeah it's a change but I don't think this is
0: precedent setting I don't think it's good though he's very excited about it
1: Uh,
0: he's a barber he owns a barbershop so he it doesn't really take time off work very often throughout the year maybe like twice a year we'll take a week off so it's just like actually good for them to spend some time together yeah he's not coming in my house for a week (laughs) no thank you (laughs) (laughs) but love to him It's it's not happening
1: yeah, I've had a lot of inquiries about that, you know, being in people separate but they have to stay living together because they can't afford for one of them to move out. Yeah. And then, oh god, we're in lockdown together, separated. Oh I did
2: not think about that.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm getting a lot of messages about that and that's intense. What was that you just said? So where people have separated but they're still living in the same place together. Yeah and because they're in lockdown they can't yeah. escape you know it's kind of manageable yeah. when you're still both going off to work or you've got people you can go and spend time with and get out um, but
0: suddenly yeah, you're we in lockdown a people doing that, don't we,
2: yeah I mean I didn't think about it like that though they're in the same home yeah that is extreme I wanted to ask you as well about people who have non-molestation orders or undertakings in place i know that we both got contacted by somebody whose only safe place for handover was school and yeah they can't do that anymore um what is i'm I'm, i think i kind of can tell by now what the advice would be but i just want to (laughs) what's your professional opinion
1: well i know in that case um what they did was they used a grandparent yeah um as the intermediary but that was before all this happened yeah i don't know whether they're still using a grandparent or not i would probably say look if you're having to use somewhere and rely on other people to assist with the um handovers then Mm. i think it's probably fair to say under the current circumstances we can't the difficulty with domestic abuse situations is that to then facilitate a video call between the child and the other parent if you're it can be it can feel very intrusive to have Mm. someone see inside your home by a video call um and so it's about assessing the risk of that you know if they know where you live um just making sure that call takes place in a very neutral background it's not you know your kid's not wandering around your whole house showing them room by room where they live and what they do um but if if you don't want to disclose where you're living and stuff doing video calls and if you don't want to disclose your number etc then that's off the cards as well
0: um i've had a question um it's from a lady who said if i die And obviously, worst case scenario, if I die and my children's dad has a court order that grants no contact due to mental health and addictions, can I name the person they go to or will they they go to him?
1: Yeah, you can nominate in your will, can't you? A guardian. But it's not not automatic. It doesn't automatically bind. But if that is the situation that the other parent has got, complications and issues that means they they have already been assessed as not being a suitable parent then i think any intervening like local authority would would take all that into account and i think if you've given out expressed some wishes of who you would prefer obviously there they would be asked if they were still willing um and they would all be considered someone else asked me about um similar situation not the death but um yeah. if they get seriously ill with the coronavirus and who looks after their kids if they're sick but if they don't they were saying they didn't have like a support network nearby oh. and obviously we're on lockdown and oh my god yeah yeah and I've so
2: about that i just i was just thinking that um no matter what i just have to keep Sans with me because if she goes to anybody else she'd make them
1: sick yeah, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? I mean, I don't think, I don't think many people have really thought about it. And, and I think it's just something that we have to say, think about. Who would, What would you do if you became sick? And I think it's really hard because so much of the media is either the worst case scenarios being shown where people are all in hospital. Or mm-hmm. it's, we're kind of being told, oh, it's really mild and you may not even realize you've got it. So it's really hard to plan for, if I were to get it, how would I manage childcare? But I think it's worth people thinking about, what is your plan B? Is it either the other parent will have to just come from wherever they are and look after your kids, Or would you have to rely on someone else? The worst case scenario, I think, is that the local authority would step in um, on a temporary basis and have to care for your children, you know, in a scenario that you're in hospital and not able, you know, you can't have your kids sat next to you in your hospital bed if your child is dependent. So, um, but it's something I think people should be thinking about and just asking you know, yeah. if I were to get sick, would you be all right to take my kid? They'd probably be a risk, you know, something that people are going to have to start thinking through.
0: Can I do that for like any of my friends' kids.
1: Yeah, of
2: course. But at
1: the same like time, do
2: long yeah. term, if you have to think about that, it's just a scary thought, isn't it? I guess. Well,
0: like if the worst happens, you mean, not just if you're in hospital?
2: Yeah, or how long you're in hospital for, because we're all single parents. So, yeah. A week or two is very different for, from like an extended period of time.
0: Yeah. Um, So Laura, um, what has been the most asked question for you this week? It's got to be
1: people saying, This is my situation. What do I do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And my answer is there is no one size fits all answer. So this is your thought process. It has to be what are your reasons? for wanting to change your current your existing arrangement so all of this people tend to know what their reasons are because that's what they're saying to me I'm in this situation I think this they are doing this they are exposed to this or I am exposed to this what should I do so people tend to know what the reasons are it's just having the confidence to then make the decision so if you can't agree one of you can just say, well, I'm making that decision. And it's going to have to be that parent who's got the kid, isn't it? That, that makes yeah, the final decision.
2: That's another good point as well. Um, that I saw you post something about being reasonable with your amendments of whatever arrangement you yeah. might have. Even though you might, like you say, have a good reason, still what would be considered a bit like you're pushing it a bit? <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, I think... If you're going, if you're, if your both households are in lockdown and you're saying, no, 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 I just don't want my child leaving the house. I don't think that's reasonable.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, people are saying, well, look, my child is vulnerable because they've got asthma. I think, you know, you can start building in the reasons or they live with someone who's got symptoms. We don't know if it is it, but they've got a cough. Fine. I think that's reasonable to say while they've got a cough, please don't you know we're not going to bring the child there um if there's a long distance and you can explain the reason why that wouldn't be suitable i think there are reasons but one of the things that the judge the president of the family division has said is you must make you are expected to make safe alternative proposals so it's not just about saying no we're not going to do this it's about saying we're not going to do this but this is what I propose instead so it's video calls but I think it's also saying and you can have catch-up time once we're out of this
0: yeah of course yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and I think that's something that people aren't offering um because we don't know how long this is going on for and I don't think it would be reasonable at this point because we kind of think this is going to go on for a while don't we Um, yeah I don't think it would be reasonable to say on a one for one basis, (laughs) because suddenly you're going to come out of this and then not see your kid for months. (laughs) So I think, um, it would just be reasonable to say once we're out of this, then you can have some extra nights to catch up. Um, and one of the things is if you find yourself in a conflict situation, you don't agree, they've made a decision and you still really don't agree. You know, mediators are available via, you know, Video calls or telephone calls, you can mediate right now. You can reach out to a lawyer. We're all working externally, and that's fine. You can have someone help you, like a mate or just someone who is a bit of a sounding board, help you to write an email or a text message setting out your reasons because you will be judged if you go to court. So, if the parent who is saying, I don't agree with the decision you're making, they could. If they needed to make an application to court to get a judge to decide what is right. And a judge will look at the person who made the decision and review what were their reasons? Did they explain those reasons particularly well? And do I think their decision was right in the situation of that specific family setup? And if yeah. a judge thinks that parent was wrong and unreasonable, then a judge could move your child arrangements so that the child spends more time with the other parent because in a national and global pandemic situation if you are being unreasonable that will come back to bite you
2: so yeah beware of that moving forward there are
0: repercussions yeah
1: Yeah. and people are fearing that people are worried am I being reasonable and the answer is you've just got to feel confident enough to think that you are and using also, your mates... you can
0: always review the situation like if this goes on for three weeks it's not really that much of a big deal if you know whatever your your situation may be um mm. obviously it's not convenient and it's not ideal but it's not a really catastrophic thing given what's going on mm-hmm. but if it goes on for longer then maybe you can just sort of set different things in place you can keep changing it yeah um and reviewing the situation and just playing it by ear and um, I think
1: that's great because I think a lot of people need to hear that and think well look I'm going to say this for the next two weeks and then we'll review it and I think you're right that that actually takes the fire out of it a bit doesn't it yeah. to give someone some hope that this isn't for the next six months or however long
2: and I think yeah. as well if you find it difficult to communicate with your co-parent, you gave me advice, Laura, when we first met years ago, and you said only communicate during business hours if possible, like between 9am and 5pm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's been very, yeah. very, very helpful because...
0: Also emails. Yeah, yep.
2: like indirect yeah. contact in business hours after you've, you know, like thought about it properly. Because I think in situations like this the whole world is on edge. So it's natural that communicating with somebody you don't particularly enjoy communicating with is also going to have a little bit of that in it as well.
1: Yeah. It's going to be spiky. Well, it is, but it's also really difficult when you've had a really, a history of animosity and you've got all that built up angst against each other When you read an email from them, you read it with a tone. You put that tone on it, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. And you're putting that tone based on historical issues and what's gone on between you before. So I think it's also about you trying to open yourself up because you can shut something down based on the history as opposed to we're in really really weird
0: times I think even like sometimes seeing someone's name in your inbox you're like oh arsehole yeah Yeah. before you've even clicked on it do you know what I mean yeah
1: and then when you're reading it even if they're just saying hi how are you doing did you have a lovely day I've got an
0: arsehole asking me how I am right I wonder why he's asking me how I am yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you know what it's
1: really refreshing for me to hear someone saying that because usually when clients come to me they're on their best behavior and it's a bit like talking to the headmistress and like oh yeah. well I just you know I read the email and <laughs> they and I was absolutely fuming but... <laughs> <laughs> they don't always tell me that but you're right it's so refreshing that that is how you react
0: to yeah. things isn't it um that's exactly right how, how I talk to my gmail account I speak to it I'm literally sitting there every time every email I reply to I'm just like oh fuck off (laughs) 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 with love
1: Oh, and it's worse at the moment because we're stressed. We've all got our kids at home with us trying to homeschool them. The amount of WhatsApps that I can't even read right now because it's people showing me how Mary Poppins they're being. Not like meaning to be mean or anything, but when I'm flat out working and my kids are totally being neglected with an iPad and I'm seeing all these people making like biscuits and stuff with their kids and singing songs um the pressure is phenomenal and that's
2: that's another thing that like parents sometimes might not agree on right now is how to educate the child out of
0: oh my god it's the least of everyone's worry surely no No. there are some parents
2: who like want their kids to have proper lessons at the moment
0: yeah there's that's i do not know any of those people (laughs) <laughs> but you've I got the benefit of a
1: reception year having it, 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 rivers and reception class is that right oh yeah so
0: no one's really caring about the phonics this week so right
2: i tried, I tried to talk, to teach her that like, one thing and it, after that it was like you're free it's all right i'm just we're not doing this
1: but there are no, some older children whose schools have actually said Here's a list of things you need to do every day. You've got to email in your responses. Oh, wow. Yeah. There are some parents out there genuinely under pressure and one parent's really up for it. The other parents not. They're colliding over that. That is high stress. And that could be a reason also for some parents. I don't want you going there because they're not taking your education very seriously. And as part of the parental responsibility, it's your education, Um, Uh These are all kind of the reasons that are going to come into it
0: Oh my god, I didn't even think about older children
1: Yeah, it's really tough to know which way is up right now I think we can Oh god,
0: I bet everyone's wanted a piece of you this week as well, mate
1: I've been crazy busy I've been up at five, working till eleven I'm trying my best to keep my Instagram going with as much information as I can You're doing so
0: well What's your Instagram account?
1: At the family lawyer Thank you. Yeah, I mean, now. I have
0: been tuning in. I have been looking every day. I've been sharing what I can. Yeah, and thank you. The people have been messaging me saying, "Oh my god, I just found this account. It's so helpful. Thank you." Blah blah blah. So you're doing a good job. Yeah, thank you.
2: Really. really good I'm job. I'm tr-
1: trying to pull in as many live, um, like Q and A sessions I can do with different kind of leading experts, to, because people. Are losing their jobs and their incomes, and I'm conscious that people may not, even if they need the lawyer the most at the moment, they may not be able to afford one. So I'm doing what I can to just try and keep bringing as much information to people as possible because I'm really aware that people are losing their incomes, they're dropping their incomes, and right now people need help and assistance and information more than ever, I think. So I'm trying my best to keep getting the information out there for them. But it's really difficult to keep on top of everything that's rapidly changing.
2: Yeah, the news cycle's changing, what, every other day?
1: Yeah, I think it's, hopefully it's going to settle down now. Now we all kind of understand what's what, don't we? But as you were saying earlier, it's kind of got to just keep it under review because I think the the big thing now is just not knowing how long this is going to go on for.
2: And then I think as well, like, you have to figure out... I don't know, there's so many difficult situations. I think Carrie got more messages than me about like all sorts of different scenarios that people are thinking about. Um, but like you have to obviously balance out the risk of if you're if you decide you're you you do not want your child to see their co-parent, then when will they actually see them if things stay the same as well? If nothing does change. So if you review it and things haven't changed, then it's like, well, you know, at the moment we're being told that children aren't being affected in the same way as adults and they're like asymptomatic essentially. So I guess it's more of a risk of whether or not you want to be exposed to it
0: rather than mm. them. Yeah. But and I when think there are plan people plan. at the moment who are saying like, okay, it's only a few weeks. It's fine. Yeah. For the sake of like, you know, any risk at all, let's just not do it yeah, and then up afterwards, which is totally fine. Um, but then obviously if it's going to go on and it gets worse or, you know, you feel like you don't want to put yourself at risk and it's just, it's just a case of constantly reviewing, like,
2: yeah,
0: or both dad lives with like three other people who all have their own lives and are all doing their own things. So River is around them every day. He plays with them every day. Plus three other humans mm-hmm. and then two households and how many people, seven people already. Yeah so it's already like but literally
2: it? so what I did I think the only thing that I did was because I knew that like I knew I wanted Sana to be able to like visit her other family we started self isolating two weeks ago so mm. um I didn't really have a need to go out I, I I had one thing that I might have had to have done but other than that I just kept her home because I knew that I wanted her to be able to go and visit her other family so essentially if no symptoms showed up within that two-week period then she could go and that was friday just gone so it it worked out okay but then essentially i don't know moving forward we're probably just gonna have to do the same thing provided nothing changes because for me i think that you know making sure that as much as possible contact is maintained is the most important thing but obviously all of the scenarios that we've spoken about on here are like so different mm,
1: i think that's really good that 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 kind of okay well we'll be in lockdown and then we can do it because if this does go on for a long time a lot of the issues like well they've been exposed or whatever could be could be covered covered by saying that couldn't you wait well then from this day that's all be in lockdown. And then we can manage it in two weeks time or whatever it is. Well, I can't remember if it's seven days or 14 days. I think you're probably Mm -hmm. right with the 14. Um, One of the other questions that keeps coming up is people saying, what if they don't want to see their child? I'm asking them, can you help me out? I'm going to, I've got to be working at home with the kids. Can you please try and help me by you having them a bit more? And people are being told no. Yeah. So for what reason though? Well, they're just saying they don't. I don't i don't know they're just people are saying to me what if they say no well, can i force them
0: dude if if no you can't force them can you that yeah that's, exactly
1: and if you're yeah.
2: a resident parent and they're not used to parenting the majority of the time being on lockdown with a child 24 7 for them is probably a bit daunting i mean i don't agree with it because i don't <laughs> it, but, you know
1: But think about it from your child's perspective. This is what I always tell people, whether it's this situation or any others, when they ask me, can I get, can I force them to have them more than they want? Would you want that? Would you want your child to be with someone you know doesn't want to be around them? No. No. It's crazy, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. I get it. I get the whole, well, you're their parent and you need to parent them whether you like it or not. We all have days where we'd rather not have to hang out with our kids for that day. <laughs> you know, We all have times yeah, that we'd like a bit true. of space. But, um, you know, in a situation where you're separated and they really don't want the kids, then you can't force it.
0: No, and it's, it's just not going to be nice for anyone if you do. They'll hate you. They won't be like, as happy and present and the person that your kid needs them to be when your kid's there. Um, And it's just a shit situation, really.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and I think it's really important for everybody to remember that most of us are still going to be co-parenting with these people after this ends. So whatever happens now, (laughs) however it goes, we still got to do this until these kiddos are grown.
0: Yes. Yeah, I was just thinking, I was staring out the window and thinking of all the situations, sorry. <laughs> no, it's heavy. Like, this is such yeah. a heavy
2: time to, I think anyway, it's a really heavy time to co-parent at all. To parent, yeah. it, it's just so serious. So to co-parent in this time, is like, yeah man, it's a lot.
1: The next stress is going to be child maintenance payments. So people are contacting yes. me and saying, well, if they're not seeing their kid, then they're telling me they're not going to pay. And that, doesn't flow at all wow. uh, that's not right <laughs> I haven't a
2: single message about that
1: have you not okay yeah,
0: I have. Really? yeah. yeah.
1: and it's kind of like a well if you're they see it as they're being punished that so they're being told they can't see their kids so they're retaliating by saying well I'm not paying them um but then there are other situations where people are saying well I've just lost my job and therefore I can't afford it and I, I think that is really difficult because you know if you don't have the money coming in but fundamentally you've got a human being child maintenance is paid to keep another human being alive and you know just because you're out of income doesn't mean your child can now get by without that money so I think people have got to be really decent and use what resources they do have to try and get through the situation um, I'm aware that the benefits are being widened So that more people can be eligible And apply So you know, try and look into what you can do To mitigate your circumstances And keep your kid You know p- Keep paying child maintenance
0: yeah. yeah I said to River's dad immediately I knew that He would be financially Just a bit ruined by this And so will I So I, was, I just said don't pay me did you? Okay, that's pretty decent of you. It's not a lot, anyway. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? i ain't arguing over. It. I'm already, I'm already deep in a financial like hole because of this. Mm. Um, and it isn't gonna. If it was a difference between me being in trouble and me be, not being in trouble, then yeah, I would have chased after it. But it really isn't. Um, and we're at a point where we, we're probably going to have to leave London um again and like move out and like all of these big big stressful things so i'm like that isn't gonna make a difference to me anyway we'll see this is where we've all got to work together so now you should be saying to
1: him look you're self-employed the government i don't know if it came out yesterday or it's still to come out i hadn't kept on top of it but they're making provisions for self-employed and giving them
0: something you should be saying yeah like get yourself get that till june oh um, my god that's I, crazy i'll have to move out in may because my contract actually ends in may um so yeah we won't get a penny till june but wow. you can apply for universal credit but then it depends on what you have to pay for where you live And your flat shares with is this is one of four in this flat so yeah you know i mean it's not going to be enough yeah i think that <laughs> is going to be something that is affecting loads
1: loads if it's not immediately now like you've already had to address it it's to come because I think people are going to be if they haven't already had their incomes affected it's gonna start happening so there's gonna be loads of financial issues and as you say you know people have got to get through this now and going forward so let's all just try and be a bit decent
0: with each other about it I know I'm just like hoping that some work comes in I lost like three jobs in the first two weeks of this happening that would have covered my bills. so now I'm like backtracking trying to find jobs to cover the bills but hopefully we'll, we'll get some hashtag ads because you know hashtag ads <laughs> yeah no, it's nice
2: awesome. the people like, friend
0: you know what I I'm just t- gonna do it because I'm backtracking now what, what I had planned to cover my bills for the next few months is no longer there
2: yeah of course you've got to do what you so, got, got to work yeah
0: it's yeah. Um,
2: Laura, thank Go- you for talking
0: to us. You're
1: very welcome. Thank you for having me so much. I you feel know,
2: like waiting on what happens.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Happens, eh? <laughs> I've
1: just got to keep reacting and getting the information out there. But thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it, and
0: I know oh, that everyone happy. listening
1: will be really, really thankful for you getting information out there to them. So well
0: done, you guys. Oh, oh bless you. Well, enjoy your gin.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it's Saturday night. Let's enjoy something. Oh, fuck! It, it is Saturday out. night. Is oh, Maybe oh, I'll get it. <laughs> Who
0: knew?